right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Elite Zone. Uh, my name is Max Bergstrom, I'm your host, and what we do on the Elite Zone podcast is we talk about real estate industry, the lending industry, and marketing and strategies on how uh, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners in this industry can grow their business by using a variety of different tools and strategies. My guest today is Dean Bell. Dean, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Max. Yeah, can you start off a little bit? Just you know, tell me about yourself, your background, where you're from, all that good stuff, so we can uh, we can get to know you better. Sure. So my name is Dean Bell. I'm with Home Mortgage Experts. We're a retail lender up in Oceanside, California focusing on purchase and refinance, uh, working in all the lanes of one to four unit lending. Um, personally, I've been doing this approximately six or seven years now, uh, formerly in the legal industry, but I've been doing this uh, for that amount of time at a pretty decent pace. Uh, have enjoyed uh, working mostly in the VA space for about four of those years, mm. but. Uh, subsequently pivoted into much more purchase as well as conventional and government product. Got it, got it. So working in the VA space. Okay, and uh, wh where are you from? I'm from San Francisco, California, and I've been in the San Diego area since approximately 1985, except for about two years. Okay, do you, uh, is there, I heard there's like a, like people from the Bay Area have a certain viewpoint on folks from like you know southern california it's kind of it's like it's oh he's one of them or she's one of them is that kind of true is there like a like a kind of like holier than thou aspect to it or Jeez. uh no no holier than thou but i've been uh, away from the bay area since 1981 so in my mindset back then anything south of say santa barbara where i went to college mm -hmm. um Everybody had blonde hair, carried a surfboard, and uh, lived at the beach. Right. But, uh, I've been here so long now, I realize that's not true. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess we do have kind of a snooty reputation. But, yeah, uh, I love it up there. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm a, I like big, like, East Coast-style cities like New York. Yeah. I love Chicago. So San Francisco has got that, like, plugged into the universe kind of cosmopolitan vibe to it. Um, I may end up back there one day, and uh, I I agree with you. The culture, I would say, and since I grew up there, uh, I guess I'm a little bit prejudiced, but it seems to be a little, here we go, snooty, superior to you know where I live now, but I love it here. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're down here. Thanks so much for joining me. And, uh, you know, first of all, just to get started, I mean, what, what uh, you were, you said you were in the legal industry. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you pivoted over to lending. Um, what prompted that decision? How did you kind of get on that trajectory? Sure, so I owned a process serving company for 23 years and process serving, for those that don't know, basically serving legal documents, legal research, investigation, mm -hmm. uh, things of that nature. With the advent of the internet, it changed a, a lot of the, the ways that somebody could stay and uh, be and stay in business in that uh, industry. Uh, became uh, a lot more dog-eat-dog -dog with the, the bigger companies eating up the smaller ones. Sure. I never wanted to be big, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I couldn't necessarily feed my crew in the way that I felt uh, that was required in order to be a successful business. That said, I meandered around a little bit uh, after that and found my niche in mortgage. It was introduced to me by a friend, didn't know anything about the industry, 
Uh, it's not rocket scientists, but it you know included uh, for me at least you know somebody that had perseverance and uh, somebody that had integrity. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're dealing with people's lifestyles and their lives when it comes to these big purchases. So yes. I kind of enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, you know, I'm a fan of uh, you know providing service whether there's a personal gain to it or not, um, I prefer to be paid, but that being said, you know, being of service to others is a pretty important thing to me. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. And you know, you, you mentioned, I know that you know, we were talking about the, the legal industry and the advent of the internet and some of the changes there. Um, you know, the real estate and loan business has evolved considerably in the past you know, 10 to 15 years as well. You've been, uh, how, how long have you been in your current position as a, a loan, prov it's loan provider, right? Well, I'm a, a sort of, I'm a loan officer. Loan officer. I'm also a vice president of sales for the company that I work for. So gotcha. I have a small team underneath me. Okay. Um, um, forgetting your question. But you, but how long have you been doing it? Yeah, so about seven years, six or seven years I've been doing that. My current position has only been for one year. Yeah, uh, at Home Mortgage. Correct. Right. And prior to that, uh, I worked in Encinitas, similar job, except I was basically only responsible for myself. So now, you know, I've moved up the ladder to be responsible for myself and others. Gotcha, absolutely. So, so you know, with the evolution and how things have changed, what are some of the current you know, trends, I mean, if you've got a team under you, you work for home mortgage experts, you've got experience at other companies, mm -hmm. when talking about, you know, marketing and business growth, what are some of the things that, like the biggest changes that you've noticed over the past, like 10 to 15 years and how things are done or, or how people in the industry are marketing themselves? Yeah, so I, I think there was a more personalization of service, you know, pre me actually being in the industry, but from what I've heard from others and how we specifically engage with customers. Um, for example, the, the shop I'm in now, again, I bring in a personal sphere of influence or sphere of business myself. Mm -hmm. That said, we also have something that are called trigger leads, and there's a lot of companies that do what are called trigger leads, and basically anybody who's had their credit pulled for purposes of a mortgage transaction, the very next day, 30 different companies get that lead in their, in their pipe, as for a potential client to reach out to. Mind you, every single customer that, uh, that we potentially speak to um, actually has had their credit pulled and is, actually has a mortgage lender working on their behalf already. Okay. So my job, or our job, would be to attract them by either service or fees or, um, or interest rates, you know, mm -hmm. most of those things are, are pretty standard though. So really, uh, it's about uh, getting somebody to engage with you who just likes you. And, and that's hard to convey on the phone. Yes. Uh, especially in this day and age where people are just getting crushed, you know, with uh, random and robo, and we're not robo, of course, but random and robo phone calls, uh, they become reticent to speak to anybody. Sure. So I teach my guys, you know, how you know, to best engage with the customer. That said, other changes, anything that's moving towards more technological type of engagement with a customer, we're trying to be the opposite of that in mm -hmm. the sense that we want the one-on-one -on -one personalization. We want to engage in somebody as if they're sitting next to us because there are no circumstances where that's the case anymore. Rarely, I, I would say 
10 times in the last seven years have I had the customer actually with me at the table, which was 100% of the type of engagement back in the day. Yeah, you would go out and meet them at home? Meet them at home, they'd or come to your office, come to the office yeah. or meet for coffee and yep. you know swap stories and documents, you know. So th that's rare now. I mean, I have customers in Oregon and Washington and you know other states, well, you know, I'm certainly not going to be engaging with them one-on-one -on -one in person. So how do you best prepare the customer to understand and trust you uh, to provide documents over the internet, you know, yeah. secured server type of portal, that, that type of thing. It's That's the biggest change where everything is far more automated. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, you know, even uh, for real estate agents, I mean, if you're licensed and you've got a, a community that you're working, you're going to be at some point face to face with that person, you know, showing them homes, etc., uh, etc. Et but you know, in your example, if you're licensed in other states and it's just through the phone, I can see that where the difficulties come in. So, what uh, what sort of things have you done or seen that have uh, been successful in trying to? you know, establish that trust or build that relationship with somebody if it's just over the phone? Are you doing Zoom calls or do you guys do email marketing? How does that, you know, how does that look from, from your end? Yeah, so we do have a, a pretty robust database of customers that we've worked with over the years. So we leverage that into email campaigns. Uh, obviously, we have their phone numbers unless it's changed, of sure. course. Uh, we have access to information on the internet where we can know if the party is still at that uh, residence or to see if they've changed their loan subsequent to the one that we did with them one, two, seven years ago. Um, so just the maintaining uh, a regular type of communication, however it would be, typically it's email initially because mm -hmm. all those phone calls are challenging. We have plenty that we have to do on an each and every day basis. So having a, a uh, sustenance with the, the uh, lead generation, sustenance with our old engagements with other customers, and you know, don't forget the ones that may have worked with a lender in the last two, three, five months where that situation didn't go well, or they were looking to get pre-qualified and they took three swings and didn't win, and as a result, they were out of the, the market for a minute. Well, those people need to re-engage with somebody, so we leverage those kind of I don't want to call them pain points, but you know, parts uh, of the uh, entire process that would be smart plays when it comes to when to engage with them, uh, how to engage with them. You know, email. We have used direct mail, not as successfully now as mm -hmm. it had been in the past. Okay. But uh, personal sphere is my favorite, of course. But yeah, we're gonna you know, we'll definitely dive into that. Okay. Um, cool. So. Direct mail, you know, you guys doing letters, postcards, mm -hmm. things like that. Are you using QR codes and stuff? I know that, mm -hmm. you know, there's been a lot of success uh, in certain real estate markets with um, like personalized direct mail right. with QR codes. Right. And it's funny because um, I may have uh, mentioned uh, Dean and I belong to a couple of different networking groups. Well, you know, it's not like I'm not talking to anybody else. I'm talking to you. You and I belong to some uh, other networking groups, and um, we've talked about you know uh, marketing strategies and things like that. And I, I may have mentioned this, but I saw a meme once that was it was like a a frame with two pictures, and the first picture said 
uh, I think like 1995, and it was like a guy, one guy is carrying in this giant sack of mail, yeah. and then there's another guy, like his roommate, sitting at a computer, and he's like, wow, I got an email. Right. And then it says, you know, today, and it's one guy carry or one guy sitting at his computer just like you know looking just sweating and there's all these emails and then one guy walking and he's like wow i got a letter you know so i mean it just kind of goes to show you um direct mail like when i get a letter in the mail especially if it's you know personalized i mean that's really big that you know somebody that went through the time to specifically write or send me something direct so um do you with your sphere do you uh is that one of the the uh, strategies that you use with your personal sphere, and then when you know you have your guys come in, you uh, model that like A's, B's, and C's. Like these are your 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 prime, and then the B's are people that haven't engaged in a while. And then like how does that how does that work with you? So you can really go like an inch wide and a mile deep with these people. So segmenting your clientele mm-hmm. is very important, obviously. Yeah. So our most recent engagement in terms of direct mail. Uh, wasn't successful. So it was just a one-off effort. So we were just trying to learn from our efforts. We got a, uh, a list of addresses and people uh, that had just purchased a home within the last, I want to say, one year. And so that list was not our own clientele. And so we did our direct mail with that specific uh, group. Mm-hmm. It did not yield any success. Mm-hmm. But I don't have a lot of experience with the direct mail. What I have read, of course, is that you know a consistent uh, um, effort to re-engage. You mm-hmm. know, not just one direct mail, but two and oh, three, yeah. and then they see your card and they go, "Oh, that's Dean. I remember Dean." And yep. I didn't, I didn't hit the QR code. Maybe I should this time. We've yet to uh, go down that road yet. So uh, we'll we'll decide on whether we choose to do that. But I, I do like your uh, story about the meme, which you've told me in the past, mm-hmm. and I like it too. Um, you know, I like getting mail too, but frankly, you know, I, I've been the type of person in the past to just, you know, chuck anything that I didn't recognize. Right, or you said. hold it up to the light so you can kind of see if it says like, you know, you're pre-approved for $10,000 cash or something like, I do the same thing. Right, yeah. so I, but I'm not the only specific market for that there's other people that are very engaged I, I believe you know the demographic of the older person is more likely to open that type of thing not coincidentally that's also the person that may own a house have equity and you know in their property and might be willing to do something mm-hmm. um, you know recent changes with interest rates within the last couple of years has really made it very um, challenging you know to to get people to refinance you know for cause right uh, the type of people that are doing that right now um, you know these are people that are challenged with uh, maybe overspending during the pandemic or prior right. to or you know things like that so you have to try a variety of things in order to find out like what's working and and you know just jump in uh, once you kind of find that gold uh, that little pot of gold yeah find what works and what doesn't do more replicate it you know and if you can replicate that success you know you're you're doing wonders but having an awareness around what is successful you know really tracking what in fact is working Mm -hmm. and spending you know putting resources towards that as Mm -hmm. opposed to just scattershot doing everything Mm -hmm. you know and, and maybe not being successful at one thing and you're just throwing money at it, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it 
that doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm a firm believer when it comes to business. I mean, if you, if you can't measure it, it doesn't really exist. Um, however, you know, I love when, when you were talking about the somebody getting the the direct mail and having to do a few different drips. One of the things that we talk about here is, uh, you know, Agent Elite. We leverage digital marketing uh, and digital marketing tools for agents for lenders. And um, when you do that and you build up an omni-channel presence, meaning you know you're active on your social media, you're sending direct mail, you're active in your email, uh, you're you know you may have YouTube videos, your website is polished and and professional. Um, when you are reaching out to people, you know, let's say you send them a couple emails, you send them a couple postcards or letters, uh, you know, you uh, engage with your sphere, people that you know on Facebook, they start to see you in more places than one. That's right. You know, so you can get, you see, they see a video of you, they're like, oh yeah, you know, that's, that's Dean, and then they get your postcard, and then maybe an email from right. you. So the one, you know, the, the one benefit, um, well, one of the numerous benefits from omni-channel standpoint is building up a brand, but also, you know, certain people communicate in different ways. I will, like, I'll scroll through my emails and, I mean, I barely open any of them. Right. You know, but if you send me a text, I'm going to text you back. You know, and so different people have different modes of communication. So uh, I think that the omni-channel approach can help there. But interestingly, I, I want to talk a little bit about the pandemic because um, that kind of forced, you know, uh, people in a face-to-face -face business to have to think outside the box. Right. So what what was the kind of like the ramifications of that for the, the loan industry? Was it, uh, I mean, did it change anything or? No, I think the, it was pretty minimal uh, because we had, we had already uh, approached and passed that time where it was one-on-one -on -one communication with our customers and clientele. As, you know, if you if you work with a bank, say a Wells Fargo or Bank of America, you might have a personal relationship with them. You've been banking with them for thirty years, mm -hmm. but it's not like the old days when you know you lived in a farming town and you went to go see uh, Opie at the you know first Union Bank and you <laughs> right. shook his hand. You know those right. days are far. I mean, maybe it still happens, yeah. but in uh, some places, maybe yeah. certainly not here though. Not here, but. That said, you know, um, the, I don't think the pandemic changed all that much. Mm -hmm. Other than the people, people were uh, a little more liberal with their time on the computer. Yes. And so, um, you said some interesting things around, you know, not opening your emails. I'm the kind of guy that scrolls and at least looks at the headline of everything, and and I'll click out of eighty percent of them and sure. get rid of them without looking at yep. them. But so, how do you make yourself? viable in with your type of attitude towards it you know mm -hmm. or my type of attitude towards yeah. it you know do you scare them do you put a you know a, a, an emoji is you know you have to try all sorts of different Absolutely. things you know to see what will engage yep. and though i have a product and service of value if they're not opening the email or talking to me i don't get to share it with them so how do i break that you mm -hmm. know break into that um I think direct mail, um, you're, you're tapping on it, you know, is an excellent opportunity. We just haven't had the success with it yet. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just kind of a new venture for us. But um, we leverage the email, and email's free, you know, to, right. to do. Right. So it's just effort, right, yep. on your own part, right? 
and being available when the people get back to you quickly, right? And with efficiency, and you know, have have high standards with your return uh, engagement. Yeah, I mean, we we live in such an instant economy right now, right? Mm-hmm. That everybody wants everything one click right now. Yeah. I don't want to wait. Um, and you know, uh, it, it it makes you know the need for branding and marketing even that much more important because. Consumers want to engage with brands they already know and so one of the hard things is like well How do I become a brand that somebody already knows if I'm unable to get their attention? Currently, so yeah, I mean that's you know, I mean we live in a culture, you know I'm an older person, but we live in a culture where you had to pay attention in order to get your information whether you're watching the nightly news or you know uh, Waiting a week for your your favorite TV show to show right come on yeah remember that year. when you couldn't binge stream stuff on Netflix so what that's doing is it's truncating the amount of time where people have their uh, attention at a peak mm-hmm. and it's not getting wider it's getting tighter and yes. tighter and tighter yep so you have to like bang them to get their attention and when you do you best be ready because mm-hmm. you may only have that attention for twenty two seconds you know yep. and uh, you know that's just the that's the world we live in now so if you cannot run with that you you might be getting behind the eight ball and yeah, not succeeding right or consider it a different industry perhaps perhaps yeah for sure i get it man i get it and that's that's all great uh great information there um so the va thing yeah that uh, is there a reason why you chose specifically to, to kind of niche down with VA primarily? I mean, I know you'll help anybody, a wide range yeah. of different people, but it, did something resonate with VA um, specifically for you? Um, I'd like to admit that, uh, or I'd like to tell you that, you know, I, I jumped in because I had this, you know, longstanding um, willingness or want to help the veterans. But frankly, the company that I went to work for had a VA clientele. That's I walked into that. Okay, gotcha. As a result, though, uh, I worked with a couple veterans on site where I worked. Um, one of them was uh, a great friend and mentor, uh, and I learned so much about the VA space that you can't help but want to uh, love those guys and gals, you know, because they did sacrifice for us, and um, there are so many benefits that are provided to them as a result of their service. Mm-hmm. And shockingly, a lot of them don't even know that they have these benefits. So we come in almost like giving them a party platter of like, these are the things that you can do. Mm-hmm. And it just gave me great you know, uh, happiness to be able to you know, provide that type of a service uh, for somebody that gave back you know, for my freedom and your freedom and, and all of our freedoms. You know? So uh, I enjoyed that space the most. Um, just because of that, and uh, and they're very loyal people. Uh, typically, you know, mm-hmm. you treat them well, they'll treat you well back, and they yeah. remember you. And a lot of my uh, returning customers that maybe I haven't reached via email or something, some other type of uh, uh, way of marketing, reach out to me. Like, how are you doing? Yeah, well, I'm embarrassed, you know, because that's my job to reach out to them. You right, know? right. But th- that loyalty. Uh, is deep for many of them. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great point, and I mean that's you know really the the funny thing, um, or I, I guess maybe the word is like the ironic thing about when I look at like social media and content and relationship building, like you know, 
the whole point, like in the business that we're in, it's, you know, there's always going to be that personal relationship element to it, right? But like slowly, you know, social media came out and now everybody's like, well, put everything on social media. But the goal of that is to create a personal relationship with somebody. You know what I mean? So it's just... It's, it, it's almost, I feel like it's going to swing at some point back in the other direction because there's this, you know, all the technology and like as a, as a marketer myself, when I go to search for a marketing tool, it's like, I mean, there's a million different choices. Yeah. It's really hard to differentiate which, you know, everybody's got testimonials, everybody's got content. So we're getting to the point now where it's so easy to create a, a brand and a business and content who do you trust, right? So you're looking for somebody that you can trust, but you can't trust anybody without some sort of engagement, interaction, or relationship. So, yeah. you know, you would manage, or I'm sorry, you had uh, mentioned the uh, the importance of segmenting. Right. And I think when you segment, then you're, you're more able to build person, personal relationships with them because you can speak directly to perhaps what their situation may be. And you can kind of go like an inch wide and a mile deep. So, are there certain things you know that you found effective in uh, marketing and you know uh, winning new clients or you know just um, dripping on the the current uh, sphere that you have that's been really successful? Like you know, I, I had a, a real estate agent that used to have like make apple butter and deliver that to people, and you know, other people would look at that and be like, oh, that's kind of cheesy, man. She is banging from doing that. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that nobody else does, right. and people remember. So, right. what I mean, ha- have you done anything like that in the past, or do you throw any events like client appreciation things right. where people can come and you know they can you can kind of build that relationship and go a, an inch wide and a mile deep with them? Well, <clears throat> you know, of course, we have client gifts. You know, very standard stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, but. Um, you asked me so many questions there, but I, I, I one of the things that stuck out, and yeah. I apologize if I'm going off. No, no, not at all. There. You were talking about engagement with customers, and there's been a lot of talk recently about uh, um, will AI replace this job? Right. right. So that's a big one, right? It's, now. Right. It's huge, right? And it, so everybody that sees that prompt, like, will AI, AI, you know, change my job or take my job? Um, I had this conversation with a colleague this morning, in mm-hmm. fact. It's like, well, we have a client at this moment who's a veteran okay. who is uh, got two well-paying jobs, spouse and uh, you know, the, the general person and the spouse, and they want to buy a place in Palm Springs okay. through a builder, and there's been seven, I might be exaggerating, five to seven iterations of how this loan is going to work for the builder and the and the buyer and I'm thinking well how in the heck you know is AI going to be able to pivot you know when the buyer changes their mind three times and the seller changes their mind two times and those two things don't connect and you know there has to be personal human engagement mm-hmm. with that yep. um, so that said I feel as if mortgage would be you know, uh, not, you know, eaten up by AI. That said, um, when it comes to engagement with these customers, you know, frankly, the, the main thing is just to treat them with respect 
and to listen more than you talk. Mm -hmm. So every single loan officer out there has a product or 10 products that they can provide to the, to the party. But if they don't listen, they're not going to know the exact right one to, to give to that party or to yeah. at least give them a small menu of uh, options that they might like. Uh, people like choice. So you try to give yeah. them more than one. But not too many choices. Well, it makes it harder on us, you know, if we give them too many and they go, I'll take all three, you know, and you have to give them, <laughs> you know, give them right. options on all three. Right. Uh, that just puts the processing team at your, uh, uh, on your bad list. But that said, uh, the personal engagement can't be beat. I've gone out to lunch and dinner and, you know, with, with customers uh, that are local, of course. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, uh, I, I think that might be, you're bringing something to my attention, you know, a, a more personal engagement might be uh, an idea to even run a little further with, uh, based on your questioning. I think that you're bringing that up at a good time. Yeah, I, you know, I think people appreciate that. Sure. You know, they absolutely do. And the more... Um, the more the human element is yeah. removed from business, you know, it, it, yes, it makes things faster. Maybe, uh, you know, um, with the instant economy, you know, you get all, you know, here's all your choices, select this and move on to the next stage. And that's, that's great. Like for American consumerism and for businesses, like you can absolutely leverage that. But like for me, like with, a, with buying a home, yeah. that's not like, you know, buying a pair of shoes on Amazon. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'll go to Amazon and, and buy it, you know, a new plant for the house or, you know, a swing set for the kids. But, um, you know, I, I, I need a little bit more reassurance. And so uh, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's the human element absolutely needs to stay in this industry. But speak, since you did bring up AI um, and, you know, we're both leveraging chat GPT in our certain ways. How has that uh, perhaps made your job easier in what you do? With sure. uh, yeah, with ChatGPT. So, I've only or AI or AI. Sorry, or AI like in any yeah, aspect. I've I've used the specific product I believe you just referenced. But yes. AI in general, um, I'm still toying with it. Um, you know, it's new to me. I've only seen it for you know my, I don't know two three months. Mm -hmm. um, no, it hasn't even been out a year as far as I know. But that said, I've used a lot of it just to kind of get a general sense of like uh, marketing questions, sales yep. questions, um, not too much like customer-oriented customer questions, but just you know, reviewing information that perhaps can be helpful to my uh, sales team, you know, how they can best uh, leverage conversations or objections yeah. from customers. I think objections has been one of the more interesting uh, um, chat GBT uh, functions that I uh, read about, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can be so specific with chat GBT, uh, whether it be sales, marketing, and the objections though I really enjoyed because it's like, why would a customer think X, you know, based on my conversation about Y? Mm -hmm. I don't know where it comes up with it, but it does. And, you know, and it's food for thought, you know, right. anything to get better at my job um, to be more effective in the marketplace. Um, you know, like I told you earlier, most lenders, you know, have a menu of uh, uh, options that they can uh, proceed with a client with. Mm -hmm. The loan officer's job is to put them in the best position of success, not just completing it, but completing it with uh, integrity, you know, as well as uh, getting them the best, um, I don't like the word deal, but I've never found a better word, you know, sure. best situation for them. Yeah. Um, you know, and 
AI has been fantastic. Like one time AI brought up a product for a specific scenario that I hadn't even considered, um, which isn't shocking. I mean, there's so many different options out there. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, we kind of ran with it, uh, got with my processing team, and you know, we, we put a, presented something that, frankly, the day before I wouldn't have even thought of, but I used AI to figure out that problem. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's you're spot on. I mean, that a lot because I, I hear a lot of, you know, uh, there's, you know, graphic designers and there's copywriters and there's a lot of people out there that are like, you know, this thing yeah. is going to eliminate the need for my position. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the things that that I've thought about, like for my business, it's it's helped me to scale it um, because I can now do things that used to take me four hours in mm. 10 minutes. And so I think that, you know, anybody who is a business owner um, or, you know, has a personal brand, it's really looking at how can I use this thing to my advantage to build stronger personal relationships with, you know, the people I have. I, th I, I remember you and I were on a um, referral call one time, uh, a meeting that we both go to. And AI was brought up organically. I don't know if it was you who brought it up. Somebody did. Maybe mm -hmm. I brought it up. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. And I was just so impressed when you, you, you know, that day, because I was thinking about everybody on the call, like, hmm, how would AI potentially, you know, uh, affect their business, mm -hmm. right? And I was thinking about you, too. It's like, hmm, you know, like, maybe this puts Max out of business. I don't know, you know, like, because yeah. when it's new, the first thought is yep. fear, typically. Totally. Typically. I know. I felt it too. Like, you know, like I had a point where I'm like, if, if everything can be automated with AI, what is there left to do? Right. Right. And like for me, the answer is like, you know, um, instead of being the person that is doing all of these different elements of the job, right. you can have AI do that, but then it's my job to be the person that communicates with the client. That's right. Right? So it's all, that's what's interesting about it. It's all bringing it back. It really, like, if you look at it in a different way, it, it makes, you know, the opportunity to scale and grow a business easier. Um, now, yes, some people, you know, their jobs may be eliminated, but, you know, it's, it's kind of on them. It's up to them to figure out how can I get into a position where I'm leveraging this as opposed to allowing it to swallow me up. Well, and, and you know, again, going back to that one day when, I, when that came up at our referral network meeting and, again, being impressed with what you had to say about it, you know, if you go back 30, 40 years, whatever it was, and somebody brought in this newfangled machine called a fax machine <laughs> right. right and and somebody goes this is going to change the industry yep and then there were also some people in that same office are like oh i'm screwed i'm not going to have a job in three weeks yep well that's no different mm -hmm. it's at a kind of a much higher plane i sure. guess you'd say yeah. i mean it's so intuitive but it's, and all this, that. it's the same so it's, concept it's about the mindset so i have this you know this might be off topic a little bit but you know uh, there is no off topic here you're you know, good it's about wheel of fear you know wheel of fear is something that i've thought about and um i don't know where it came from i think i i made it up but explain it to me i love it wheel of wheel fear is of fear. an amazing thing and it's all about fear so sounds like a game show I've been on one, so I know game shows. Anyway, um, so whatever the problem is that's brought to your attention, 
there's a multitude of solutions. And some of them can be fear-based or some of them can be, you know, any which way you want to think about it. Most of us, or many of us, you know, kind of come up with a dozen, two dozen, a hundred scenarios of the outcome of whatever that problem is. Mm -hmm. And the problem for most people, I think, is there's, if you spin the wheel, it's going to land on one of the slivers of those, you know, uh, solutions to the problem. Sure. Only one. Right. But yet we worry about all 100 or whatever number you come up with. Mm -hmm. And it's just so stifling, yes. you know, so restrictive. And so back to that conversation around, you know, that one day when we brought up AI in the meeting, like you were so quick to just go, it's an amazing product or it's an amazing solution to problems. Uh, it's something I think we can all leverage here mm -hmm. to our benefit, mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, I have this thing, I embrace the insanity. Like if something seems insane, just embrace it. Yeah. And just look at it from, you know, from a, a little bit further back, you know, take your time, pause. Yeah. You know, if you're agitated, just pause for a second because the right things will happen. Yeah. If you have the good attitude about it and right. not be fearful about it. Right. You know? For so. sure. And, you know, with the the media, I feel like doesn't help <laughs> the wheel of fear situation because, you know, uh, the the. We were talking about pain points a little while ago, right? Mm -hmm. Now, it's psychologically proven that people will do more to avoid pain than to seek pleasure mm -hmm. or to gain success. Hence why so many marketing, you know, don't lose your current interest rate. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. kind of fear-based stuff because that stuff works. Um, you know, uh, but it's almost like, and I feel like you're the right guy to talk about this, but there's a spiritual sense of being a business owner that comes into play um, you know, I recent I used to work corporate. Uh, pretty recently, I stopped my corporate job, and it's bringing me you know joy and pleasure and freedom. But it's also a lot more responsibility. I've got to make sure that I'm self motivated. Um, you know, and on a bad spiritual hair day, when I'm waking up, you know, I have a committee inside my head where you know when i'm like i just wake up and they're like sitting at the board table and they're like hey max we're glad you're awake uh here's a few things for your day you're gonna lose this client uh this is gonna go wrong your relationships aren't going so great and uh you know your kid's gonna throw a fit today have a good one you know what i mean like even before my feet hit the ground i've already got a committee of voices you know that are telling me how it's going to go. Well, then I mean, you're 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 defining wheel of fear. Exactly. I mean, it's like okay, very similar. Spin the spin wheel. It. You know, it might land on one of those things or a portion of one of those things, but yet you or any of us that are in that situation are going to worry about all of it. Totally. And it, and it compounds you know yep. the problem, right? Yep. So. Um, you know, we started talking about AI, right? But this can covers a whole bunch of oh, things. Oh, no, this, this is just relevant to yeah. business and life in general. Yeah, so I, you know, I am I, a person that uh, at all costs tries to maintain their integrity. Yes. It's important to me. Yes. Um, every, almost any job, you know, you can walk outside the parameters of your personal integrity um, easy, if you want absolutely. to. Absolutely, for sure. Right. Shortcuts, absolutely. Yeah. And in sales, you know, that that's uh, maybe even a, a bigger lane that you can step out of, you know, if you choose to. So that said, you know, I think for 
for uh, marketing and sales, you know, this can be a challenging thing. I think one has to look into their, you know, in uh, deep down and just go, who am I? And, you know, do I provide a service or product that's of uh, enough value that I can wake up in the morning and feel good about the fact that I'm, you know, I'm doing my best to help people. Yes. And, um, you know, if I can't do that, I should probably consider doing something else. Yeah. Mortgage is not a product, it's a service, mm -hmm. right? I mean, and and it is the, the life and the dreams of people and not yeah. just the person you're talking to, it's their entire sphere, their yeah. friends, it, their it branches family, out. Yep. their parents, their kids, mm -hmm. all of that stuff. So I take that responsibility. And when, you know, I had one, one loan about 18 months ago that almost went south. Haven't had a loan go south, I mean like, it flat out went the wrong way mm -hmm. in a long, long time. But this one was a personal friend uh, purchasing a property in Michigan and um, it almost went south. Mm -hmm. And I remember not being able to sleep, you know, thinking this is not going to work out, mm -hmm. you know. And then after it was done and it did work out, they got to, you know, the, the, the job was done uh, well and completed and successfully. I celebrated the fact that I felt that way mm -hmm. because that means I cared. Absolutely. Now, it was a friend, mind you. I don't know if I'd have the same friend for, or same feeling for just a client. I hope so. I probably, mm -hmm. knowing me, but uh, knowing myself. But that's how much I want to care about this. Yeah. And if, and if I can share that with somebody without, you know, being uh, promotional, mm -hmm. just get me on the phone with them. Yeah. Just put me in person with them yep. I can they'll understand by the time we're done with our conversation I think yeah uh, no that's that's huge and you know the the, the worry uh, worry is a it's a killer um, yeah. you know I, I have a, a spiritual advisor if you will that I run by um, you know any issues that I have I run by this guy and uh, he always tells me you know 97% of the things that you think are gonna happen are not gonna happen and it's funny because every time I, I'll call him and, you know, he calls it being wrapped around the axle. I'll be all wrapped, you know. And he's a business owner as well, so he understands this as well. Um, and he deals with very high ROI, you know, high net worth individuals. And, you know, there's a million different ways things can go. But, like, I'm always like, well, I lost this client. I'm going to, uh, you know, that's going to put me in a bad mood. I'm going to rub this person the wrong way. And then, you know, uh, pretty soon I'm going to lose my business. And then I'm going to be homeless. And then when I'm out in the streets, what's my kid going to, you know, like, I just go to this extreme, right? But uh, every time I get through a situation and it ended up okay, most of the time, actually in my best interest. Right. Um, and then he reminds me, he's like, so is it fair to say the 97% rule stands? And, you know, I'm usually like, yeah. Now, of course, things are going to go wrong. You start yeah. a business, but it's like you said, it's all in the mindset of, you know, how you look at it. There's always peaks and valleys, but we can only hope that the peaks and the valleys are continuing in an upward Trajectory. Yeah, and I mean, maybe you can share Wheel of Fear with them because I mean, it's similar, right? Uh, then the the analogy he uses yes. the wrapping around the axle, and uh, you know, and, and I believe that to my core, you know, that it's it, it's important for me to have perspective and realize, you know, that 
my perception of what is good and bad might not actually even be uh, true. And mm-hmm. you know, what is good and bad? I mean, it can get very uh, yeah. We could go down the we could go down the philosophical yeah. rabbit hole for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but you know, maintaining a, an integrity on a daily basis. Uh, not losing that at any point, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can't really go wrong. You might lose a deal, right? Because somebody on the other side is not being integrous. Exactly. But so be it. You yeah. know that that customer may learn a lesson from it, or maybe I'm the one who needs to learn the lesson. But my lesson's not going to be, hey, I'm going to cheat to get ahead. It's not. Yeah, that's work. you know the difference between going after the quick buck mm-hmm. and saying, you know what, uh, I you know we're, we may not be a be a good match. Right. So, no, I, I totally get that. Um, shifting gears a little bit before we close out here, it, you know, if, if I'm a lender and I'm getting started in the business, give me like, you know, three or five things that you picked up in your experience uh, that would help grow my business. And this could be like mindset stuff. It yeah. could be activities. Just, you know, since, you know, you've been doing this a while, you know what you're doing. What you know? What are the things that you attribute your success to besides you know integrity? Obviously, that that's a really good one. But yeah, so um, I onboarded somebody um, probably about six to eight months ago, and um, so I got a um, I got a good idea of like I got to create the vision of how how I wanted this person to succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, that specific situation didn't work out, but it was irrelevant. Um, it had something to do with his issues, not not our issues. Gotcha. Right? That said, so one of the things I think is very important, certainly um, a willingness to work on site. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> and, and going to the office. And, and that's not, I'm not joking about that. Like mm-hmm. the, there is a, a mindset of you know remote work, which will ultimately work in this industry too. But I think being around other more experienced people is very important. And the nuance of the different things that we do, Mm -hmm. it's important to have that in a uh, one-on-one personal setting or, um, you know, um, multi-person setting in person. Mm -hmm. Two, um, loan officers are required to have a license. You can find positions initially um, where you don't have to have a license. You're called an analyst or some other word that doesn't have any teeth to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the gentleman that I onboarded, um, I encouraged him to start studying for the loan officer's exam, an MLS test, um, literally the second week he started working for us. I just want to make sure that he, you know, he could contribute somehow on the phone at that time, yeah. you know, prior to you get a, a vibe on if they're going to be a decent employee or not, right? Uh, and start studying. Why? One, you start getting into the uh, the verbiage and the lingo, um, which which can be confusing. Very by the way. <laughs> there's a, so you know there's all those acronyms you know and every industry has them and mm-hmm. you know we I have worked with people where they just use these acronym acronyms in their emails and you're like, well I can look it up I can Google it, but I don't want to look like a dope you know re- sure. returning a, a, a an email to yep. somebody that. I, Apparently, I'm supposed to know something. Yeah, you got to so, know your stuff. So when you start studying for this stuff, you know, these acronyms come out, the different concepts. I mean, mortgage is really big. I mean, there's a lot of different, you know, directions you can go. So uh, three, have a mentor, you know. Mentor. Yeah, mm-hmm. have a mentor. And it doesn't even have to be somebody that you're literally working in the same office with. Perhaps that, uh, that person isn't in your office, but some type of mentor. 
uh, to help you with both personally and professionally. You know, I think that's highly important. Mm -hmm. um, and um, additionally to that, um, find out specifically before you get into the industry, like how your employer or potential employer plans to feed you. And when I say feed you, I don't mean just the money, but like how are they getting the business? So mm. this conversation becomes the snake eating itself. Like, well, if they're not marketing, if they're not, they're just saying, hey, you're going to go to uh, an open house and introduce yourself to a realtor. Good luck with that kid, because yeah. I mean, that's something. Here's that your business cards. See you later. Yeah, yeah. that's challenging, right. you know. Now, I'm not saying it can't be done, sure. but uh, that would be really tough. Mm -hmm. We're in an industry now that's, you know, kind of contracted, right? So the I interest rates have been ballooning for, I don't even know, 14, 18 or more months. The, the months pass by quickly. And so with that, there's a lot less refinance. There's a lot less purchase right now, too, because the inventory is so darn low. Well, there's still all those lenders out there, right? So how are they getting the business? So that's why I said that last thing, like find out how your potential employer is going to bring in the business. Is mm -hmm. it trigger leads? Are they just going to send you on the street and have you knocking on doors? Right. That works. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. But and not um, for everybody. And not for... No. I mean, uh, I've seen some uh, religious groups do well with that, but I've not seen, you know, uh, you know other groups that right. are uh, trying to get loans from people to do that. Yeah. So those four things are probably, you know, the biggest uh, the things that come to mind presently. Excellent. Well, I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much for being on the show. And uh, where can people uh, get a hold of you uh, if they have any further questions or they need a mentor? Sure. So uh, the bat signal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my name is Dean Bell. I'm with Home Mortgage Experts. You can reach me at dean at hmexperts.com. I'll leave my phone number as well at 760-815-8523. And if you want to just go to the website, hmexperts.com, uh, you're welcome to find me there, too. I'm on there all the time as well. Absolutely. I'll make sure to drop all of that in the uh, podcast episode description. And uh, thanks for listening to this episode, and we will be seeing everybody soon for the next episode. Until then, have a wonderful weekend.